John, let's talk Ireland then. And before we talk about the famous day when Big Jack came for you and got Ray as well, yeah. we'll talk about that story in a minute. But just talk about your, your identity, you know, when you were growing up. And a lot of people yeah. from Liverpool often say that they don't necessarily feel very English. Mm. And I know there's obviously a big Irish connection in the city. Did you, did, were you aware of that connection yourself in your own family? Or, and, and what was your own sense of identity growing up w yeah, when it came to nationality and that? Yeah, me, 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 me dad, first, my dad was Protestant. My mum was Roman Catholic, and Stones Catholic. Um, so I got to know at an early age because me, me, me mum was, was, well, the, the, the agreement, because they, they married before and they met and had me. Um, the agreement was that uh, my dad didn't want me to have religion drummed into my head. I can be, you know, baptised a Catholic. But I go to Protestant school, was the agreement, which which helped me. I think that's that's mm. fair that. Um, so I was always brought up as a Catholic, and I, I believe in Catholic. Um, so so I always knew about me, my mum's family being Irish, the McNamara's, the Keynes, the Mills, and you know whenever it's St Patrick's Day, they'd, they'd be in the pub. Or, you know, so so I knew that. Obviously, new new thing. So when I was young, like I used to support England and Ireland mm. the way it was, you know, in in, in sport. Uh, and then, and then the older you get, you, you realise, you do realise. I think when the toxic riots hit in, you know how unfairly Liverpool's been treated by the central government over the years, um, politically wise, and you know goes back to even to Winston Churchill when he brought the troops up. You know, there's a lot of things happen between Liverpool and, and the government. We stand up for ourselves. They're taking, they're taking no nonsense, scousers, mm. and and, 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 and always stand up for the rights. And I think that's. A lot to do with the Irish in us. Liverpool's half Irish. It always has been half Irish, you know. Whenever I go to the, the cemetery, you look, I just look. I always look at gravestones. Not being morbid, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you see, it's like an English name, an Irish name, Irish name, English name. But it is, and and, and you know, it's, you know, a lot, a lot of people who are of, a, of an Irish descendant, uh, you know, you come up with this thing. We're not English. We're Scouse. It is like a little bit of a principality. Yeah. It's different to any other city, without a shadow of a doubt. The only cities that come near to it is probably Newcastle and, and Glasgow. Um, but yeah, different. You have that, that sort of sense of identity. It's not quite... Yes. I wonder, hypothetically now, before Jack came calling, had, if Bobby Robson... Because uh, remember, you were one of the top... You were one of yeah. the top scorers in England for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the top flight in, in, in 85, 86. Yeah. You know, what would you have said? I'm just glad he didn't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm just... I'm blessed, you know. What what happens happens for reasons, you know. Um, and, and I'm just blessed that Jack got the job, and you know he found out what my roots coming from at Lone and my gran, uh, and I passed the criteria. Yeah. You know, passed the criteria, and people always say, you know, you're, you're English, and, and, and this bo bollocks. Excuse me, language. Um, but I always say, look, if. My my parentage, my ancestries, my ancestors didn't. I'd work in Ireland. Then I'd, I'd, I'd probably have been born in Ireland. Mm. You know, I said not my fault that they were starving or, or they had no work and they had to come to Liverpool. What's what's wrong with you? And then that's that's the whole reason why why you know I'm here. You know, if it wasn't for Ireland, I wouldn't be here, would I? Mm. You know, and um, yeah, I was blessed. I was blessed, you know. And, and Jack came and and watched me play and against Villa in the semi-final of the... Did you know he was coming? Did you know he yeah. was watching? Yeah, you knew this. Yeah, because he'd only just got the, got the job, didn't he? Um, so I was aware. Dave Langham, was, we were great friends, friends me and Langham, and he, he, he told me. Um, 
So I wanted to put a show on. And thankfully I got got the two two goals. Um, we drew two all and and Jack come over to me when we're having a pint, as we do after the games yeah. in them days. And um introduced, hello, John. Jack Charles, as if I didn't know. <laughs> oh, you know what? Come on to me. I was shaking a little bit like it's it's a big presence of a man, Jack, you know. World Cup winner, and I shook his hand. Well played. Played great, great two goals. You know, I'm the new Ireland manager, I said, of course. Do you want to play for me? Do you want to play for the Republic? I said, I'd, I'd be honoured to play for the Republic of Ireland. I'd love to play for you, Mr. Charlton. Shake my hand. I shook his hand. Then, obviously, I told him about Ray, whether he knew or not. I told him, you know, Ray Allen, you know, his dad's from Donegal. Shift over to Ray and, you know, whether he was going to go to Ray or not, I, I'm, I'm not sure. But he went to Ray and he got two for the price of one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and we were like his, um, we were like his, uh, his pet. School pet type of thing because we were probably his first sign, and yeah. he really, he really took to us, you know. You've said later, uh, with everything that happened and the and the glory years, that um, that, that you know Jack was your favourite manager that, oh, you, by, that you played on. So by explain why you clicked so well with him. I like people to be straight, not beat around the bush, not hide things or say what you mean. You know, be what you are. And you'll get no one more so than Jack Charlton. Honest, upfront, tell you as it is. If you like it, good. If you don't like it, unlucky. <coughs> Excuse me. And some people found Jack a little bit, I don't know, um, too overpowering. Not me. I thought he was different class. Mm. His wife was was a lady. She was lovely as well. Um, but I, I just loved the way Jack went about it. And the, the, the fact that you know, when I when I when I I'm a goal scorer. My 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 rate. Then actually said to me when I was at Newport County, if you want to be be a great footballer and play for Liverpool, he said you've got to score one goal in every two games. Great, that was one of the best advices I've ever had off anyone, because I knew that if I if I scored a goal early in the game, come on, get another one. You might you can have a you can go with two games without scoring maybe. You know what I mean? So that was great input. So. I knew I had to do that. And I'm playing for Ireland and, and Jack says, you're not going to be a striker. You're going to play the way I'm playing. And he, he went into this talk. I, I, spot, I sat down with him. Ray might have been with me at the time. He said, we're going to play a different way because what teams do, they, they, you know, they, we, we're not going to play the ball across the back. We're not going to play the, the ball across midfield because if it gets cut out, it's like the red arrows. They come at you from all directions and they'll cut you up, these teams. We're going to get the ball, the keeper, out to the full-backs. They're going to put in the corner. You are going to get on your bike, bend your own, get up there. We're going to move the back forward to the halfway line and then we're going to press them. And we're going to get the balls back, ball into the box. You know, we'll get Frank Stapleton running there, the left winger running there, you know, and, and, and maybe other, other players. Um, but basically, I was a runner. Uh, for about 20 games, I think it was 19 or I'm not mm. sure. I, do you know what? It was horrendous for me. Well, that's not the word, horrendous. It was... I was really frustrated. Yeah. That like and and and, and they had the penalty saved against the the Czechs, um, and I missed one or two really big sitters because it got to me. It really got to me. Was the, the pressure building on you? You were, you were yeah. obviously conscious of and, it. And but... some of, some of the press was 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 on at me. You know, he's scoring goals. You know, regular fashion, but he can't do it for Ireland. But they couldn't. I remember Jack. The the the. the the quiz Jack. Why are you playing all this? He's not scoring. But at this time, we were successful. Mm. No one could beat us. Everyone hated playing against this way Jack played. We were doing what Liverpool do under Jurgen Geiger pressing. Yeah, we were the first team I think that ever done that. That's Jack's tactics. 
uh, and everyone hated it, except for us. It's hard work, I'll tell you what. If one person didn't do it, you'd get caught out. But that's where we got the success from. So Jack told these, these, these press people, he, he basically, to get off my back, or he, he won't give me the interviews. Um, so And you must have loved that. Massive loyalty. respect. And yeah. he told me, he said, you take no notice what they're saying. You're my runner. You're going to be on the team sheets every game, you know, when I'm playing. Cause, uh, I, but what else, sorry, what else he said, um, Tommy? He, he, he used to always bring me off, you know. You know what pissed me off, one thing? The only thing that pissed me off with Jack Charlton was he used to bring me off <laughs> with 60, 65 or 70 minutes when when the back four would, would, would tie. He had it in his head, fixation-wise, I couldn't run no more because I put so much effort in over, over 60 minutes. Then he put fresh legs on Quinny or Tommy Coyne or, or yeah. Ned Kelly. Uh, and that really got to me because yeah. I knew I'd get the chances later in the game and I'd have scored more goals for, for me beloved country. But it shows um, how much you must have respected him when he's asking you to do a fairly selfless mm. job. You know, you're a goal scorer. You know, you've always been a goal scorer. You're one of the top goal scorers in English football at the time. You could easily, maybe the modern player might, might sort of say, what's in this for me? But you obviously felt the loyalty to him that's fine, I'll do that job for, for yeah. Ireland. Yeah, but look... If I'm not scoring goals, I'm not happy. But with Ireland, we were successful. We were taking the country to heights where we'd never been. Mm. We've given people so much fun, having a crack, and following us, and not getting beat, and winning games. That that's all that matters. I, mean, I was seeing how proud our supporters was. You're going to a bar and 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 have a pint of Guinness, and and, and it, it breathed. Where's that don't come from? And a fella, look, just tip his cap and go. Yeah. Thank you for what you're doing for us. And, and that still goes on now. How proud the people were because we'd, all, we'd, all, we'd always had great players. But we hadn't had a great team. If, I, don't, I shouldn't maybe say that. They've been really good teams. But this was a great team with a, a, a philosophy, a winning philosophy or, or don't get beat philosophy under Jack Charles. Great manager. Brilliant, brilliant manager because he knew what he had to do to get us where we, where we wanted to be. Or what the fan, where the fans wanted us to be. I wonder, I'd be interested to know what your highlights of that were. I mean, it's interesting because you talked about the identity thing and then getting the criticism about, oh, it's the, the granny rule and all that. Yeah. Like the games against England, particularly Stuttgart in Euro 88, beating England, yeah. and, and then again in, in, in the World Cup, you know, where getting the draw against them there. Those games, do they, do they stand out for, for that reason that the English press would have been looking at oh, players yeah. like you? And... Well, that was, do you know, the England game in Stuttgart, for me, that was my most memorable game for Alan. Because uh, the press had tried to take the piss out of us, you know, with you got a Scouse accent, uh, a Cockney accent, mm. or a Scottish accent. We didn't like that. And like we said, ram it, not just... Because the players were playing, we knew the players, we had respect for the players and, and the team, the manager, great manager. He said, let's ram it up their backsides um, and beat them. And, and I'll never forget that day and that night when Jack allowed the Wolf... I think the Wolf Tones came and uh, the Dubliners into the hotel and we had a, a great shindig. But that, that, that game was, was, was brilliant because we shown the world where, where we're at, where, what we could do in the team. And England played well that day. Mm. We rolled our luck a little bit, but we, we, we did play well. Um, but I'm going to tell you something now which a lot of people don't know. We had a team building up to that. We played Scotland uh, at Hampden Park a year or so before England. 
And uh, I'll never forget this team. It's probably the best team, in my opinion, the best team that's ever been put out in an Irish kit. In goal, you had Packy Bonner, Celtic. Great Celtic. Mm. <laughs> uh, you had Paul McGraw, Paul McGraw, right back, United. Ronnie Whelan, left back, mm. Liverpool. Kevin, Man United. Mick, Manchester City. Right wing, Ray Houghton, Liverpool. Left wing, Tony Galvin, Tottenham Hotspur. Midfield, Mark Lawrenson, who should have been left back. Mm. Mark Lawrenson, Liverpool. Chippy Brady, Juventus. Frank Stapleton, I think Frank might have been at United at the time, I'm not sure I'll ask him. And John Aldridge, Liverpool. Now, that team would do well in this World Cup now. We'd, yeah. we'd get the semis in this World Cup. That is a proper team that can play football, but not just play football, can, can scrap as yeah. well. I think they're, they're, that is one, one hell of a football team that would do on any stage in the world, in my opinion. Yeah. You talked there about the, you know, the getting the the pint sent over, over to you and the way that. Do you think, pers on a personal level, that the Irish people really took a shine to you because because of that sort of personality that you had and the way that you fit into it and that sort of. I mean, I guess the Liverpool connection as well is always is always very strong. Did you feel that you were sort of adopted by the Irish yeah, people? It, yeah, it took me a couple of games to get used to it, you know, because uh, you know it's, it's brand new to me international football, and I wanted to do so much and make the Irish people proud, you know, me and Ray, because we used to talk, we were best mates and we were talking all the time about it. I want to stamp our, our authority. With me not scoring, with me not scoring, that really did piss me off. Mm. That's what everyone expected from me. But it shows you how, um, how personal Irish people can be, because they, they realised and they stuck with me. The, the, the fans and the, the loyalty of, of, of the people knew I was, I was doing a different job. And I respect that, you know, instead of being... Whenever we went out for a drink, which we did in them days, you know, a Sunday when we met before the game, wherever we went, people wouldn't even mention the fact that he hadn't scored goals. Mm. It's the fact that, oh, you're doing great, so you're doing us proud, and that, that, that compensated an awful lot for, for me not scoring goals, you know. And then you get the goals against Malta, your first competitive goals yeah. that take us to the World Cup for the first time? Yeah. That was worth waiting for? It was, it was for the Malta game. I'd, I'd scored a, a tap-in. Ray could have scored against Tunisia. And Ray gave me a little tap-in, uh, which psych psychologically did, did the world of good for me. Then we played Malta. Uh, and Jack thought we were going to get stitched up by Spain. He had this thing that... I think they played in Hungary at the same time. He said, you've got to win this game, lads. You've got to win this game. We might get stitched up. And... Um, and, and obviously, we, we won 2-0 and I got the two. That was nice. That was really nice, the fact that, you know, we didn't lose the game or draw the game. We we, we got to the, the World Cup by winning the game away from yeah. home. And the fans were amazing. I always remember going to an... Uh, we went to a nightclub that night and, and the lads were over the other side of the, the nightclub and I come in late for something. I had to do something. So I come in late and I'm ready for a good night on the lash, you know, with the boys. And it's full... It's chock at this nightclub. That's all fellas dancing <laughs> with each other than ever. And it's brilliant. It's, it's, the crack is it's beyond cracks. And uh, next minute, they pick me. I can't get across. It's it's rammed. Next minute, they pick me up and they, they pass me. <laughs> and the lads have got a big screen there and they're looking at me getting passed across <laughs> from that side to that side of the nightclub. And they're all pissing themselves, laughing. Uh, Andy Townsend and Ray and Ronnie and the lads. Oh, what a night we had.
um, the lads who, who played in that World Cup often say they didn't realise uh, quite the impact it was having until the homecoming. Yeah. Until you came home and you saw, I mean, look, the estimates are hundreds of thousands, yeah. half a million. I don't know how many people turned up uh, in Dublin that day. Is that when it sort of hit that, that this was something beyond even, yeah. uh, even do you know, sport? Do you know the homecoming after 88? That was brilliant, you know. Mm. That was that was that was mega, you know. It was just we were we were blathered. We were blathered. We did, honestly, God, we, after the game, you know, when we got knocked out um, against uh, Holland. Do you know? <laughs> before going on to the World Cup, I can tell you a story. So after we got beat by, by Holland in '88, we all went out. We all just go out, all of us together because we were like that was one thing that Jack got. We were clannished. Yeah, you know, you on the pitch, you do something to my mates, I'll do something to you. We were like together, strong. And um, after the game, we were out in in um, Kirk, and I think it was one. And, and then we go back to the hotel, and there's loads of Irish fans. They can't get taxis to stuck, and we're having a few beers. And anyway, we, the lights go out, and you've had a few. beers. I woke up next morning and I looked across where, where Ray, where Ray was over me. Who's that on the floor? There was a body on the floor. There was a body on the couch. There was a body. They couldn't have taxi service. They said, come on, dust down in our room. <laughs> <laughs> so we had fans dusting down in our yeah, room. Yeah. But that, that's how together everyone we all thought. Like, you know. Um, and then, obviously, the, the World Cup. Getting to the World Cup was... Uh, that's now... That's different on a different level. Yeah. You know, the homecoming, when we came back, which was amazing in 88. When we came back after 90, uh, it was on a different level. You know, the... the, the People showed how proud they are, the way of us getting the quarters. Small nation, like at that time, no small nations really got anywhere near the quarterfinals, did they? Yeah. Like ourselves. Uh, we, we, we made the people proud and that's what it's all about. Mm. Um, what people remember from USA 94, there's a couple of very clear memories. Obviously, Ray's goal <laughs> against Italy and then your goal against Mexico, which we'll come to in a minute, but you're also your running. I think we have a, we have a, a picture of a, an old friend of yours from the past. The man with the yellow hat. John, what memories does this fella... Oh. So this is you. You're trying to come on and save the day. And yeah. this fella is getting in the way uh, uh, against Mexico in the group stage, in the heat of Orlando. Oh, Bring us geez. back there. <laughs> you talk about frustration. Well, we were losing 1-0 to uh, the Mexicans. And I'm talking about the Giga press and what, what we've done under Jack. In that extreme heat, uh, the temperature and, and the humidity, it was impossible. That's, that's the reason why we lost against Mexico. We couldn't... When you do a run, you close people down, you couldn't get your breath back yeah. to get back into position and they took advantage of it. So we're 1-0 down. And Jack says to me and Jason, warm up. I'm not being funny, Jack. It's 100 degrees, <laughs> you don't have to warm up. Yeah. So we, we, we get, we're going on the sideline and then Garcia gets the ball, turns and it's a great goal. Packy had no chance. 2-0, I'm going, oh, no. We're knackered now, you know. So, on the sideline, the ball goes out of play. Double substitution. Tommy Coyne comes off. Now, it should be me going, now Jason being Jason runs on before me. That's Jason, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, then Steve comes in, Stan Staunton. Now, Stan was... He was like a turkey cock, Stan. He was red yeah. raw. You know, he's the colour of that. And uh, he's just frazzled. And, and I, I come off. Then I'm running on, and the, the lines went, no, you go nowhere. So I don't know what what's going on. Then, what to make it worse, the ball didn't go out of play. So the longer it's going out of play, the more frustrated I'm getting. We've got ten men on the pitch, two nil down in this heat, mm. and I'm not happy. I'm not happy, and I'm, I'm a very passionate person. So I've just gone into one big time. I've lost the plot. But I didn't know the the, the, the television man. 
I screamed on me for 56 seconds, the worst foul-mouth language you've ever seen in your life. Words came out that I didn't even have in my vocabulary. Uh, and the worst thing is, that was the first time and the only time my mum had ever heard me swear. That made it worse, compiled the problem. She went nuts with me. Um, so, so, yeah, you know, uh, and then the fourth official got involved. Jack got involved. It was, it was a mess. Uh, and then I finally got on. Uh, and, and I scored. Uh, it was a great goal. With the, we kept the ball for about 18 passes. Goal, yeah. You know, which we... Jack wouldn't allow us to do something, but we did. It's a great movement all around. We kept the ball. And I think up till there's only one other goal in the World Cup. has got more passes in it, I think, if I'm right. Uh, Jason, lovely cross in the end and, and a, you know, stuck in the corner. Probably thought that was a consolation. Thought we lost 2-1. Mm. Until Tony Cascarino run on the pitch and told me we only had to draw now because, because of that goal. Which was, so it was like, it was like getting goal. the extra point. Got Ireland through. Yes, it got us through yeah. in the end, which which I'm re really proud of, you know, to get us through. Even I think we lost. The whole thing endeared you even more as the fans yeah. because you, you <laughs> yeah, we've but all, we've all because, felt like that at times because we, we, we were all frustrated with the game. Yeah. We after beating the Italians, you were reflecting the, the mood of the nation. Spot on, Tom. Absolutely, <laughs> but um, but I got fined, you know, two thousand five hundred dollars. Uh, now you know, Jack. Jack's tighter than cramp, by the way. He's, he's a tight man. Jack, I love him to death, by the way. Um, and, and he got fined 12500 I think, well, he'd never play. He's not going to play me ever again now. Yeah. You know. But what happened in Ireland, people don't know this. They had a whip round in all the pubs and clubs you know, in Ireland and raised 96 grand. Mm. It's amazing, isn't it? That's incredible. It all went to charity in the end. And, and the, the, the FAI thankfully paid our fines, so it was all, yeah. it was all all right. They were all friends. Yeah. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, you, you keep coming over, like you were, you were almost 36 then. You still keep coming over even past your 38th birthday, and you're managing Tranmere at the time, player manager. And I just struck it was interesting there that you said about how the bond that Jack had built with, with you guys as a squad. It was, it was like a clan, it was a family yeah. feeling and all that. And, and obviously the fun that you were having as well as the success Absolutely. on the field. Is that, is that what kept bringing you back? Is that why you kept coming over? You know, and... I found it hard to, to, to let go. Yeah. Because I loved it so much. I love Ireland so much. Ireland's my country, Liverpool's my city. I love the people so much. Um, respect it immensely. Uh, and, and, and I thought, I was managing Tramway and I thought, if I can give something back a little bit, you know, I'll make, make, make first couple of games. Yeah. But then I was on the bench, uh, I think we were playing Iceland, and Mick had gone to a 3-5-2 formation, and Roy was playing sweeper, I think Roy, Roy Keane was playing sweeper, uh, and it was nil-nil. And the crowd was shouting my name with 15 minutes to go. And I remember Mick putting uh, another forward on, a young lad, I can't remember the name, more, might be more. And anyway, he put it, put him on, uh, and I thought, oh, I can't do this. Mm. I can't, I've got my own team to look after now. I can't be spending my time and not having an input, you know. So I told Mick after the game, um, and he said nothing was nothing was happening, you know. To, to put you, I, I just said, well, Mick, you know, I'm not being funny. The, the, the crowd was singing my name. If I go on, it lift, it just it'll lift, might lift the stadium. And I might get on the end of something. And and, and I realised then that uh, I had to retire. 
so I always remember after the game, I got myself a lovely pint of Guinness. In, remember the old little cottage mm. and then on the side of the yeah. Lansdowne Road? I got me, you go in and people want your time. I just said, excuse me, excuse me. No, just, I got a nice pint of Guinness and I went right round the corner. I was a little, just sat in the corner there and just reflected over that pint of Guinness for 10, 10 15 minutes about my times as an, as an what, island What player. a ride, what a journey. Was, yeah, what a special, special time, yeah. Before we, we started recording, I was asking you about Jack and you said that you, you missed him. Yeah. Explain that. I do. Even though um, I didn't talk much to Jack, he's like he's like the sun or the moon. He's all he was always there. I knew he was about somewhere. Um, and when he died, and I know he wasn't well, uh, it's, it was still a bit of a shock. It's, I think it's because the, the, the manner and the size of the man and what he represented and, and what he was. I, I deeply loved him. I didn't realise that till he till he passed away, you know. Beyond uh, beyond a manager, beyond as a football manager. Everything, everything. I just I just had so much respect for him. Um, yeah, and I, I never really say that word a lot, but it, but it, you know, I did. What he was, he was really special, you know. And then I dream about him. <laughs> Smart, I, you know. You, you dream about your your mum and your dad, don't you? Sometimes they come into your dream. Jack comes into my dreams a lot, a hell of a lot. Um, and he'll always be. You know, he's, he's just a special man. Some people, some people, you know, if you if you if you, you rocked him up the wrong way, he, he, wasn't, he was crackers, but he was a cracking fella. Yeah. I loved him, brilliant. So, John, um, let's go back to the club thing then. And we left left you at Liverpool with the emotional exit and, mm -hmm. and the you know the real low of that experience. But then a new chapter opens, signing for Real Sociedad. Now, at the time, it wasn't common for players to leave England to go to Europe. Yeah. At, at all, but this was huge because this is the first time in their history that they'd signed a non-Basque player. So I don't know how aware of all of that you were. So tell us about the experience of moving there, how you settled in, and, and how you found it. Yeah, uh, and did they welcome you? <laughs> first, first of all, <laughs> it was strange for them. To be fair, I can look back now and realise because when, when I went there, I knew I was the first non-Basque player, but I didn't really quite know the enormity of it till I went to the press conference in first one and it was ridiculous. It was hundreds hundred of press and I went, wow. I just thought there were a few people with a mic. It's just, wow, this, this is quite big, by the way. And John Toshak told me to say, you know, you, you're here to make people happy, score goals and help the team be successful, which which he did. And he took me, I remember him taking me out to the uh, the training ground and there was all graffiti and I, and I couldn't speak Spanish at that time, thankfully, or Basque, which is ridiculous. I just said, oh, just piss off, we don't want you, <laughs> basically. 75% or so didn't want me. Um, uh, and and I, I look back, I can understand now. At the time, I thought, you know, that's a bit of a shock. I remember someone spitting in, in the street when I went past them, holding it. Uh, and at the time, there was uh, uh, ETA. It, it, that was the, mm -hmm. uh, the group, of The separatist group. The separatist yeah. group. Uh, they they were they were doing things at the time and uh, the, the, the players were brilliant. The players were, were crackers, great lads, fantastic, fantastic lads. I'll, I'll remember them all my life, and I still keep in touch with some of them. Um, the, the, the fans weren't sure. The first game, I think, it was also soon, and we I think we drew nil nil. It's a bit of a derby because they're the Basque region, and uh, but I put a shift in. I didn't score, but I put a shift in, uh, and then my, my first two meaningful goals was. Um, against Barcelona in the league at home. We drew 2-2 and I scored the two. 
And it was okay then. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed to get better. And then the score against Real Madrid. Uh, now, they hate Madrid, the central government. We're talking about Liverpool. Yeah. Like, very, very similar because of what Franco had, had done and, you know, um, you know to, to, to the Basque people over the years. Get, you know, uh, what's, what's the... Um, there's a place by Bilbao which uh, Hitler was allowed to, to bomb, uh, if you re read the history. Um, and and, and I, I don't understand. The fans were great. The fans were, they were, they were fantastic with me. You know when I got them goals. But when I got the goals against Madrid, that was that was the love. You know I was king. Them. I was king then. Uh, but you do get you do get teams who yeah, for some reason score more goals against than, than others. You know you ask any forward and mine predominantly I used to score against like Derby County a lot, uh, Nottingham Forest a lot, uh, West Brom and, and Wolves in England. Um, but in Spain, Barcelona, I couldn't go wrong. I played my my the, the stadium that holds my heart is Liverpool, Anfield. Yeah, Wembley was great, but this camp new was special. Special when I went in there, I went, What an arena this is! The Bernabeu, lovely, but this the camp yeah. new was just amazing. I thought, I want to score here tonight. So the first time I played there in the league. Uh, we drew 2-2 and a coach load of Liverpool people, Liverpool fans had gone over to watch me play, play there and in the stands and, and they were waving and singing so she dad song and, and I scored two. So that was four goals against them. And the, the, the following year, we played them in the cup at home, we got beat 1-0, but we went to Barcelona and we won 3-2 and I scored another two at six. But they beat us in, 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 in extra time, 3-3 it was. Rolled the dice forward. We then beat Madrid in the Bernabeu, 3-2 and a scored, which was amazing. Full, full house Bernabeu. Two, three games before the end of the season, we're playing uh, Atletico Madrid at home. It was second in the league. And we beat them 1-0. I scored. And that won Barcelona La Liga. The following week, we played Barcelona away in the Camp Nou. And we go there, it's 110,000 people. And we line up and we clap them on the pitch. They get La Liga and they give it like that. And we're all clapping and well done, well done. And then we won 3-1 and I got another two. <laughs> so that's my claim to fame. And yeah, yeah, I, told me, I, told, I told my eldest grandson this uh, about 10 years ago. And he, he didn't believe me. I had yeah. to get it on, on, on YouTube and show him, you know. Are you uh, Spanish and you're Basque? I, 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 do you know what? I, I can speak Spanish, yeah. yeah. yeah I learned Spanish because I respect the, the, the country, uh, the Basque country. I respect San Sebastian. Respect the club, and I, and I went out my way to to learn Spanish, um, and and because I'm in their country, so so yeah, Basque was impossible. Yeah. It just, but what I did, I was I was on Spanish television doing uh, an interview, something similar to what we're doing now, and uh, at the end uh, I said a few Basque Basque words and, and good night in Basque, and the people you should see the, the presence I was given, unbelievable, and every time I scored a goal, the the, the I had the fan club. Uh, Penny had called, uh, and, and for every goal I scored, he used to come to to, to my villa with a bottle of 1958 Siglo Rioja, which is the, the year I was born, and and the biggest chuleta steak you've ever seen in your life. It was something like that. You, you could only just barely get it under the grill and like thick like that. Bit of olive oil, salt and pepper, bang, <laughs> bang. It was absolutely 
gorgeous. Yeah. You were flying with the goal scoring side of it, as you, as you say. Uh, 16 goals the first season in the league, 17 in the second season, which was second only in the, the Pichichi, the top scorer competition behind the great Butchurgueno yeah, yeah, well of the played. time. But then you make the decision it's time to go home again. And it's Tranmere of all teams. So you go from scoring at the Camp Nou and the Bernabeu yeah. to Tranmere. Is, is this a, is this a, a personal, a family yeah. move Talk, at this yeah, stage? Your family comes first, doesn't it? And, and as, as gorgeous, and, and San Sebastian is absolutely, I'd promote it to anyone who wants to go in it. It's a special place. You know, the, the gastronomy, the food is the second to none. I think it's, for the cuisine, it's the best, been the best in Europe for donkey's years and mm. the wines. And I learned an awful lot about the, the way of, you know, helping your body, while still having a few pints, by the yeah. way. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but, but my wife is, is a Liverpool lass and, you know, she missed her mum and dad like anyone would. Uh, kids suffering a little bit, even though we had two beaches and magnificent. They, they wanted to come home to Liverpool. So I had no option. I really regret it, but I could, it, wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been fair for me to send them home and stay there for a year. Nowadays, you possibly could have done because mm. they get, they've got special planes. You can just jump on, can't you? And uh, they fly you themselves back and forward. Uh, get away with it now, and I, w I probably would do it in today's games, but I had to come home. Uh, and, and, and it was Trammy Rovers, which is Liverpool's just bit across the way, Birkenhead, and it's over the Mersey. Uh, it, it, it fitted. It fitted my family. It, you know, I could have waited and and maybe gone to you know an, another first division club or Premier League, whatever it is. But but the, the chairman Peter Johnson, who was a cracking fella, he is Peter. He sold the club to me. Wanted uh, going to build it, build it, the stadium, looking to get into the the Premier, Premier, which we we knocked on the door for four years on the bounce. We got knocked out in the playoffs every year. Should have got promotion. We had a good side. He mm. spent some money, some great players, you know, Pat Nevin, John Morrissey, Gary Stevens, Nick Owen Gold. Had some fantastic players, and uh, we just could, just didn't do it. Yeah, but but you were you were Mister Tranmere then after a while because you become player manager and then manager, some great cup runs and then famously make a league cup final. Yeah. Uh, in two thousand, how did you find management? Yeah, it was uh, tough. It was tough. Five years, three years as a um, player manager. And two as just a manager, I think it was, or vice versa. Um, we had to rob Peter to pay Paul. Uh, in the, when I took over, uh, the chairman, Peter, was at Everton. Uh, and Frank Corf was the, the new chairman. And, and basically, yeah, the, you know, we, we, we had to sell our young players, developing players, which had some really good young lads, uh, to, to, to like to Forest and, and, and like, went to. Huddersfield or Ipswich and whatever to bring money in to to keep the club going. It was 1.9 million a year in debt, mm. and I was bringing some fantastic older players in. You know, Paul Rideout, Stewie Barlow, Ned, Ned Kelly. What a what a great lad, mm. Dave. I miss missing him. Great lad. You know, and the chief Wayne Allison, all who were later on in the careers. So you you weren't going to build a team around them, fortunately. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, uh, I quit in the end. You know, it, it took a soul. Because if I do anything, I want to do it right. I, I, you know, I, I'm an extremist, you know. Um, and, and when, you, when you, you haven't got the right tools to do it, which I, I, I realised. In the Cups, we were fantastic. We beat all the top teams. That must teams. have been a great oh, 
memory to have, you know, going to Brilliant. Wembley, Wembley. Tranmere. Do you know what, Tommy? You know, you, you walk out to Wembley as a player and you're so proud and you know your family's in the stand and you, you know what to do as a manager? It's different, you know. Yeah. It's just it's just that much more special because you've got your team to a major cup final. Uh, a little team, with all due respects, Tranmere's big in my heart, but, you know, it's a yeah. small club. Uh, and we got to a cup final, you know, 30,000. I'll never forget seeing 30,000 Tramway fans, some of which were Liverpool and Everton fans, yeah. jumped on the bandwagon, <laughs> uh, quite rightly so. Uh, but it's one of the proudest moments of my life. I just remember walking out, a little bit of a tear in my eye because the first time I walked out with my dad not being there, uh, he passed away uh, a year or so before. Um, but it was, it was really emotional, that, yeah. yeah. Great, great to see Tramway in the final, it was. I still love the club dearly, you know, like Liverpool, obviously. Um, can I talk to you as we as we wind up then, John, about a couple of things? Um, I want to talk to you about that, your goal-scoring record, which I, I don't think, because we live in the era of everything's Premier League, Premier League now, people forget that, you know, the records you hold, I think only five uh, people in the history of English League football have scored more league goals than you, and you hold the post-war scoring record in, in English football as well, which is 476 mm -hmm. goals, I think, in, in nearly 900 appearances. You said at the start of the interview that you just, it just came naturally to you. Mm. Can you. Can you give us any more than that now? Can you explain <laughs> the art of goal scoring that, that, that made you so good at it? What, what do you think were the, was your secret? It's like, it's like an inbred talent you have. You know, um, for some reason, you know, I talked to Robbie Fowler, good mate of mine about it sometimes, and, and we know we had it, but you still got to work at it in training and, and after training. You just, whatever you got, you still got to work. You know, and Kevin Keegan, I remember Kevin Keegan when he was in his 30s saying, I work at my game even now, harder than when I was young, keep on working at work and working at it. To, to, and it's like anything in life, the more you work at it, the more you learn, the better you get. But there's, my movements, I have to say, I was, I, I thankfully, I had a, a football brain. My movement, I don't want to pass me, my movement was really good. I knew how to take defenders away and, you know, take them to positions. And where that was an instinctive thing you always had, was it? Yeah, but you learn, you learn more and more as you go. You know, there was a position called the POMO position, which is the position of maximum opportunity, which likes a Jack and Len Ashers knew. And that's space. Mm. Basically, make your own space, get into space. In the box, look for space. Because the ball's going to arrive there more often than not. You know, Jack Chalmers, you know, again, other things you learn that later. When, when you had the sweeper marked you, Jack would say, you know, don't, don't, don't let him, don't stand on him, take him to the next man. So I'd take the sweeper to, like he had three back, I'd take him to there and he's going, what do we do? And then, and then he'd go back in position and I'd come up there, you know, little things like that. Don't, don't be man marked, take on to see. And Jack was good at that as well. But yeah. Things come sort of goal-scoring-wise, natural, but then you've got to be accomplished. You know, sometimes you've got to slow yourself down and sort it out and learn. And, I, and I, when I talk to young strikers, I say, whenever you go in on goal, hit it early. The ball comes to you in the box, early, early, quick. My dad used to always say to me, do things quick, 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 quick. Because if, you, if the goalie's coming out there and you've got, you hit it quick, He's flat-footed. Mm. If you take a touch, he'll, he'll position himself. You can give him a chance. Little things like that, which makes you better. I, I just kept on learning and learning and learning the older I got. And, um, you know, when I went to Tramway in my first season, I got 40 goals, I think. Because mm. you're playing in the Spanish League, which is hard, and I've gone into the first division, which is, with all due respects, don't man to my market and all that. So, so that, that was, it was easy for me. Mm. For some reason, I, was, I don't want to be arrogant. 
Well, big head, did, but I, the found, numbers don't I lie. found it fairly, fairly yeah. easy, you know, to get chances. I love it that uh, you finished your career last game uh, at Tramir against Wolves. You scored yeah. two goals, at, you know, pushing 14, you're still so, scoring you know, it. I'm glad you mentioned that <laughs> because I got a, such a, a, a great... It was my last game of football. I couldn't go on, my body couldn't take it anymore because the day after when I played, I would meet a wreck. Yeah. The day after that was worse. The day after that was... So I knew we had to call it a day and it was, it was Wolves at home and it was, there was a really good crowd there. Wolves filled the end up we had and we beat them. It's a 2-1. I think good. I think they, yeah, I think it was 2-1 or 2 nine. I got the two goals and it was great because I went out as I'd love to go out. Mm. And that night I'd done a big charity event uh, for the Variety Club and Ian St John turned up. It was on that pitch that day I was yeah. in and my boyhood hero Roger Hunt turned up on, on, on the on the on the night. God rest the souls, both of them, and it, it couldn't have gone off much better. You know, that's the way I started oh, watching certainly. them too. My last game, they they were at the function either side of me. You're no longer scoring goals, but <laughs> your passions are now directed into your your media work with uh, various um, outlets, uh, including a uh, bit of commentary. And any Liverpool fans will have. Heard you, no doubt, over the last few years commentating on uh, some of the club's great successes. What's it been like being involved and watching the team in moments like that? It must be, must be yeah, fun. Yeah, you know, I've, I've been blessed again, you know, watching, been lucky to be a Liverpool fan all my life and see so many fantastic Istanbul and occasions like that. You're getting beat 3-0 by Barcelona. You've got your two strikers out and you win 4-0. That's just dreams. And, and, and to be fair, I'm, we've talked about passion in, in life and in football. I've always been passionate, you know, whatever the respect. But Liverpool's inbred in me, and that I've, I've done that many occasions. But that Barcelona game was that shouldn't have happened. That was just mm -hmm. off the scale, you know. It was amazing to come back. Barcelona getting beat for them, Messi and Suarez in the team. It was, it was just I just was in the position there, and the, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be a hard night. And the way it all enveloped in front of us, it was just dreamland. And I was. I'm a little bit like a teenager now. I want to watch Liverpool. I'm crackers, you know. Uh, I just want us as a nation now to, to get... Jürgen got us back on track. Uh, what a man he is. Uh, I'd like, you know, Ireland now to get back yeah. on track because I find it very frustrating to watch us and, and see where we're languishing at this moment in time with a the, with the good, honest bunch of lads. Yeah. Um, so finally then, look, I think you can see there in the in the clips what it, what it all means to you. If you go back to that eight-year-old on the on the terrace at Anfield going to your first game and, and falling in love with it all and feeling the passion and scoring all the goals as a kid, the journey that you've been on to, to where you are now and, and enjoying it. What would you say to, the, to that kid that he had to look forward to? Just, just enjoy the roller coaster. Get on the big dipper and enjoy that ride because <laughs> that's what it's been. It's been a lot of downs on the way, but many, many ups. Many, many ups, you know, I've been... Very, very fortunate to have the life that I've had and, and the family and, and the fans, you know, within it. Brilliant. It's been great hearing your story, John. Jeez, Tom, thank you very much.